In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. And you made this... What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Beyond Franklin, BJ Johnson. Tell the people hello. What's going on? What up? We are back. We are talking about All-Star Weekend today. And what a weekend. There were ups, there were downs. Yeah. <laughs> what a, all sorts what of a what a roller coaster of emotions on All Star Gate All Star Weekend was. My word, from the tip until the final shot, what a weekend! Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, huge props to the NBA for the weekend. I overall, I was very pleased. Um, we'll get to the part that we were not pleased about here in a sec. Um, <laughs> quick reminder to follow us on social media at the Dot Dagger Podcast to interact with us, keep up to date with everything we got going on. So, like we said, today we're recapping All Star Weekend. We're going to be recapping pretty much every part of it skills challenge, the three point contest, um, something that happened after the three point contest. Not quite sure what it was. Um, and then All-Star Sunday. And then, as promised last week, you think I was going to let this slide? Hell no. We got to talk about the Celtics. Coming into the break on fire. Are we buying the Celtics going forward? Is TC finally going to be objective about the Celtics? Tune in later this episode to find out. Then, of course, we got our five games of the week. I once again, my I mean, fellas, me looking on doing my research on BavadaSportsbook.com is paying off. I mean, I'm starting. I'm, things are looking up. I love it. Things are looking up. Starting to turn things around in our five games of the week. So that's <laughs> what we got going on for you guys today. But first, you already know how it works. We got some awards to give out. We have quite a few from what I understand. So Hoopers of the Week, Good Hustle Awards. Dion, take it away with your Hooper of the Week. All right. <clears throat> My Hooper of the Week, I don't know if you guys know him. He's been pretty famous on social media and whatnot. And his name is Emmanuel Hansel, the one-arm Hooper. I can't believe it. It actually happened. I was the number one skeptic of him. But he actually got a D1 offer from a major college 
which is the Memphis Tigers. He, if he doesn't take that, I don't know what is wrong with him, but I would take it in a heartbeat if I was him. You know how hard it is to make it to college basketball and to do it without one arm? That's that's so impressive. Like he has to be recognized for that, and he's my hooper of the week. You love to see that. Uh, baller. Mm-hmm. There's actually multiple one-armed hoopers out there. You might have to be. I I didn't know about this one, but I've seen another one on who's always on ball this life. Mm-hmm. Uh, white guy went to Florida. Uh, I don't know his name, but yeah. I mean, to get a D1 scholarship to a program like Memphis. That's tough. I mean, in general, means you are really good. But I mean, with any type of disadvantage, I mean, that just means you're all the more skilled. So hats off to you. Yep. BJ, who's hooping? All right. I got a three-piece wing dinner for my good hooper. Uh, From deep downtown. Talking curry range but that's probably not enough um i'm gonna start with carl anthony towns winning the three-point yep. contest uh he had the lowest odds actually to win it because he was the only big man in it but uh not just because he won it but the nba actually allowed him to wear a necklace with his mother's name on it and they usually don't have like a very strict dress code but his mom like passed her i believe almost two years ago now from covid so it was really good to see him not only smiling and winning but the nba kind of allowing him to have that piece of her out there with him. Uh, so I got to give it to Cat. And I think my man hit 29 on the last round to kind of win it. Luke Kennard was like, can he be drug tested? Like a center should not be out here <laughs> splashing. Like this. Yeah. yeah, they damn near had to replace the Nets after he went. God damn. Yeah. He, was he went fire. NBA jam mode. Um, second, I mean, you got to give it to Steph Curry. How could you not? Um, I thought some of those shots was like, oh, he's just gonna clank it. Somebody gonna get the rebound. No, majority of he was 16 for 27 from downtown in an all star game, which I like. If it was a real game and he just allowed, he was just allowed to shoot as many threes he wants. I think Steph could average 40 because that's just how easy it looked for him. Like half court, no problem. Hand in the face, no problem. Until it was amazing. Break the scoring record in yeah. the all-star then, he was then it was a problem and he was still 16 for 27 like which is well above 50 percent and taking that many threes from that also, far th- throw in there he was on fire before halftime yeah. halftime was two and a half hours long and yeah. then <laughs> back out and like halftime was fire. a week long like mm-hmm. taxes, came back <laughs> yeah. and put on his jersey again yeah <laughs> so halftime was heat but I was just sitting yeah. there like, man, this just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My last good hustle goes to a guy. You may be familiar with him. You may love him. You know, you may kind of love him. You may kind of like him. I got to give it to our guy, TC. Uh, TC, about two months ago, me and Dion said, TC, shut the hell up. It's not going to happen. But my boy, Brian, when asked about possibly going back to the Cavaliers, said, hey, that door is not closing. Here, TC two months ago was like, oh, it's conspiracy theory. I don't know. It could happen. Me and Dion were like, no, no, just, just stop it. Like, don't even put that filth yep. out there. And <laughs> lo and behold, my man LeBron might actually go back. So I got to give it to, uh, was it Taylor Kostradamus? Like, hey, look into a crystal ball and know what's about to happen. So TC, way to go. Yeah. I mean, LeBron is always thinking two steps ahead. You think he was oblivious to what the Cavs have been doing? No shot. 
I mean, the the Lakers have just been such a mess this year. Yeah. If I'm LeBron doing what LeBron is doing, when LeBron is doing it at his age, I'm not having any patience with that. Yeah. My man deserves better. I can't I can't believe it actually happened. Like like not happened, but there's not now there's the buzz out there because LeBron yeah. just mentioned it out of nowhere. I was like, yeah, here, TC, whatever. shut up. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> exactly. TC, stop it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, in, exactly. in fairness, I've thrown a lot of bold takes out there, and it's been nice that one has finally come to fruition. Yeah, this one's stick. This one's stuck. Like, mm-hmm. this one's my making. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, LeBron, you know, in his quotes, is given specifics of when he can opt out and everything. Like, he's <laughs> he, thought this he, through. He's leaving. He's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he has a plan. If the Lakers don't do something drastic, he LeBron has a plan. Believe me. Yeah, and I, I mean, I wouldn't be afraid. Like, I wouldn't be afraid to put any cheddar on it if Bovada had like a little line for that. Because I would, I would definitely do it. I would. Yeah. I, he's out of there now. In yeah. my opinion, in my eyes, all yeah. I see is LeBron in a different jersey. Yeah, I, I think it's happening. Love, love to see that. My Hooper of the week. I have a couple. Um. I'll tell you what, I Cleveland in the past and at times has been synonymous, kind of pre-LeBron James mostly with guys that were, you know, not very athletic and, you know, the sports teams there all sucked. But Cleveland these days have some dudes that are just built different. And the first one is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett oh looked like Shaq in the celebrity game. <laughs> He looked like Dwight Howard, prime Dwight Howard in the dunk contest. He's throwing down windmills. Whoa. He's dunking on Machine Gun Kelly. He's th- <laughs> I mean, he's also like, what, 6'6", six, six, built like an absolute tank. Like, he looked like a man amongst boys in the celebrity amazing. game. I was so happy watching him dunk on Machine Gun Kelly. I can't stand mm-hmm. that guy. So, I mean, Miles Garrett is just an absolute unit. And don't piss him off either, or else he'll try to beat you to death with his own helmet. Mm-hmm. With your own helmet. That's Mason Rudolph, man. Yeah. With, your own, with your own helmet. <laughs> yeah, the second Cleveland guy is I was just salivating. And I know it was only a small snapshot. But there was a part in the skills challenge where they were shooting from different spots on the floor. Oh my, and so, I had no yeah. idea Evan Mobley could stroke it like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was literally the living embodiment of the heart eyes emoji, just watching him stroke it from three. <laughs> no, no rim. Like, yeah. I'm like, holy, <laughs> this kid is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I knew he was Tim Duncan. I didn't know he was Tim Duncan who could shoot. I didn't know he had a stroke like that. That was unreal. Bro, between was... him and Aaron Donald, I'm like, I have a, I have a crush on both of them right now. Between him and Aaron Donald. <laughs> That's <laughs> like facts. I mean, it was just Valentine's Day. So, I mean, man man crushes are allowed, and I have a man crush on Evan Mobley. Kid is the future. And going to bring real in LeBron James. So, I mean, yeah. How do you not give it to Evan Mobley after that? That's fair. All right, let's get negative, shall we? Yes. My Good Hustle Award. If My Good Hooper went to easily the best part of the celebrity game, My Good Hooper goes to easily the worst part of the celebrity (laughs) game. Um, And that goes out to Tiffany Haddish. 
I don't know what the standard is for how they let people into the celebrity game, but shouldn't some kind of basketball experience be a prerequisite? I mean, TNT just trying to, you know, throw their network stars out there, whether they want it or not. I mean, Tiffany Haddish looked lost. (laughs) Didn't she like twerk in the middle of the game or something? (laughs) Yeah. Her warming up was the (laughs) funniest. There are children out there, (laughs) ma'am. <laughs> I I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of her work either. So I mean, I'll, I'll take a pot shot at her anytime I can. And then she came out for the halftime uh show and she was part one of the presenters for like this 75th anniversary team and she was yeah, like stumbling all over her words guards, and stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, she was centers. Who centers? Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, she looked like she yeah. didn't rehearse either. She's stumbling all <laughs> over her words. Come on, Tiffany. You're a professional and definitely not a professional basketball player. So, Tiffany, hmm. good good hustle out there. All right. BJ, who's hustling? Get him. Uh, it is with deep sorrow that I give this uh, good hustle to one of my favorite pros, like just all in general. But my man has turned into a uh, menace, a super gremlin, if you will, in the college <laughs> ranks. And that is none other than Fab Five member Jawan Howard. Um, <laughs> you have to. You know, I get there's unwritten rules in basketball. If you're up 14, a couple seconds left, you ain't got to call a timeout. And then when you try to explain to a guy why you did it, you ain't got to put your hands on him. I get all that. So this happens between Michigan and Wisconsin. You know, the game is pretty much over. Wisconsin about the win. Michigan's having a tough year this year. And in the handshake line, you know, Juwan Howard's like, don't touch me, don't put your hands on me, trying to explain to the coach, like, I don't like what you did. It comes to this whole thing. And then an assistant coach, he finds his face behind Juwan Howard's hand. My man, Juwan Howard, with an open palm smack slash mush face. I don't know what it was, but he connected. And I'm I think talking. that's what's known as a pimp slap. Yeah, yeah. He slapped this assistant coach like this dude owed him money. Like he did. He, he, looked, at him, <laughs> he looked him in his optic stems and slapped him square in the face. Like, Juwan, I get it. It's frustrating, but you can't be on TV just whoosh, in the middle and see everybody. Because now your player saying, "Oh, coach said it's cool. I can just go out here and throw out two pieces." And then you got the Badgers and the Wolverines, kind of a mini brawl, if you want to call it that, but it was not a good look. And I love Juwan Howard, but uh, he has since been suspended for the rest of the regular season. But mm-hmm. my man is uh, 2-0 in college head coach fights. Mark Turgeon has not been seen since messing with Juwan <laughs> Howard. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Greg Gard will not be coming across the handshake line anytime soon to talk to Juwan Howard. I mean, I love basketball and I love drama. So I've done my research into this. And the timeout was I mean it was kind of bad form but at the same time Juwan Howard was the one sitting telling his team to press the Wisconsin backups when there's no shot of winning like to me that also seems like bad sportsmanship there so I, mean, yeah. I didn't know that part yeah. yeah like he's telling his guys to swarm you know the bench warmers the walk-ons for Wisconsin like come on bro like they're trying to they put in the backups they've called off the dogs and it just seems like sour grapes to just say, okay, go press. Like, I mean, you can chalk it up as well. We weren't giving up, but I mean, come on, you weren't going to win. Yeah. It wasn't that, even close. That was just stupid. Like it, it was just frustration at that point. And it seems like he gets frustrated easily because oh, yeah. it's two years in a row now. So yeah. 
So somebody needs yeah. to like. I thought I actually thought he was going to get fired completely. Yep. But yeah. I mean, he still could. I mean, mm-hmm. Michigan might sit on this for a second, but yeah. And the thing I've heard in defense of Juwan Howard, he wasn't even going to get in the handshake line. He wanted to just walk off, but he decided to get in the handshake line. And honestly, he probably should have just walked off. Yeah. Um, I mean, Greg Gard did put his hands on him. Like he did like kind of like pull him back, but like Juwan said something to him and he's like, wait a minute, what'd you say? And then Juwan flew off the handle. But one of the things I've seen is somebody, it was Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards has a podcast where he talks about um, all kinds of different sports. And what Braylon Edwards pointed out is the Wisconsin assistant coach looks like he pushes one of the Michigan players. And if that's the case, I mean, I kind of get it. Like, if I'm a coach and another coach puts his hands on one of my players, like, I'd probably slap them, too. Yeah. Like, it was in the back of it, right? I, I saw it. Yeah. It was like the – yeah. Like – Yeah, so, it? like, some of his players get in front of him to, like, kind of pull Juwan back, like, come on, coach. And it looks like this assistant coach for Wisconsin, like, kind of pushed through some of the other assistants for Wisconsin and, like – to go get in his face. But I mean, anytime you fly off the handle like that, you're always the bad guy. That's all anyone's going to remember. Absolutely. And it makes you such a hypocrite with your players too. Like, how are you going to get mad at your players when they get a technical, you know, if you manage to get yourself suspended for at least five games, I mean, it's just such a bad look. Yeah. But as a wise man once said, there were, there are layers to this. Mm -hmm. I mean, regardless, you got to get a good hustle award. You just got to. Yeah. <laughs> Dion, take us home. Who's hustling? All right. Much like you, I'm going to go to the celebrity all-star game and point out, put a spotlight on another horrible performer. Uh, and that is MGK or for, or AKA get in. Machine Gun Must. Kelly. Get him. Like, like you said, TC, that, what are the requirements to get into this game? Because like everybody else seemed like they had some type, some form of basketball knowledge. Because this dude was missing layups, getting dunked on, traveling, everything. He probably went one for twenty on his shots. It was ridiculous. There was like a so a, bad. There was like a two footer that he just clanked off the backboard, and it was just ridiculous. Like, bro, stop. Just stop. Just stick to just stick to your your craft and leave basketball alone, because you're clearly not adept. How how can you, in good conscience, put Machine Gun Kelly and Tiffany Haddish out there with Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett is a monster. Exactly. I don't Maybe care what something. sport it is. He's dangerous. How can you, in good conscience, put those guys out there with him? You just need to cut Miles Garrett out of it, or, or you need to put, put some there. kind of put some kind of floor on the celebrity game of like, okay, mm-hmm. you had to at least try it out for high school basketball. Don't even have to make it, but you had to try out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> some kind of requirement, or you have to make five three throws in a minute to be in the celebrity <laughs> game. Hey, I agree. I mean, I feel like they should have celebrity game tryouts where celebrities come you know, like a week before and they try out. Okay. And then the captains get to pick their teams. I feel like that's what they should do. Yeah. 100%. People be sure. No, they don't even know what they're doing. Like you, you put them against Miles Garrett, Quavo, people that kind of know how to play basketball. Like it's not even fair. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Quavo is nice. I mean, Jay Mm -hmm. Cole's played in it before. Like Jay Cole played college. Brown. Yeah. Kevin Hart looks kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I feel like they're more concerned with the celebrity than the game. And that's fine. I mean, it's not yeah. really supposed yeah. to be competitive, but still, you got to get a good hustle award. All right. We pretty much covered the celebrity game in our good hustle awards and Hoovers <laughs> of the week. So we're moving on to All-Star Saturday. So let's talk about the skills challenge for just a second. And the most interesting thing about the skills challenge was definitely the new format. So, Dion, were you a fan of the new format? What did you think of it? I love, I absolutely adore the new format. I just love it. It's just way more competitive. Uh, the teams is just better than the individual thing. Cause like most, t- most of the time, like players like that go individually don't even try or like don't try their best. I feel like there was some spice to it this year with the Antetokounmpo team, with the Cavs team and the rookies. I, I, I love the new format and the two, the, what, what is it? Four different types of competition that they have. It was just, it was just fun to watch. They had the shooting, they had the passing, the relay. It was just fun overall. I just love it. Yeah. And I mean, not to be a contrarian, but I didn't know what was happening half the time. Fair. Um, <laughs> the scoring seemed a little obscure. <laughs> Um, I didn't understand like the scoring and the tiebreakers. That was kind of odd. The t- that, was, yeah, uh, that's that's one thing that I would change. Yeah. The tiebreaker, like you just shoot until you miss. Like what? They they yeah. they pick Darius Garland and put him up against the Nasus. The Nasus is gonna yeah. break that shit like one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's not even fair. And a lot of times, like it was a little chaotic, like the passing drill where you have three guys going at once. Yeah, like, I love a that. Chaotic. I love that because the rookies that you, if you saw it, the rookies were ready, like they were like yeah. going like in you know, a three three man weave and shit. I love that. That's true. Um, it was a little chaotic, but I, I feel like if they keep this format, I mean, I mean, it's it's not their fault. I'm not dumb enough, you know. I'm I'm not smart enough to actually follow what's happening. Um. <laughs> So, I mean, I feel like if it's the same format for a few years, then I'll be able to adjust to it. And I, I like the team aspect, like you're saying. Yeah. And I like the three stages. That does make it more interesting. BJ, what were your, what, what were your thoughts on the format? Um, I thought the new format was okay. I did like the team aspect of it a lot. I thought the, the shooting thing was pretty interesting. Like, the different strategies. The rookies were saying, no, we're only going to shoot mid-range and then corner three. Where the Darius Garland was like, I'm just gonna shoot it from like the five spot every time he gets points. <laughs> yeah. Then Giannis pulled up from the five spot. Um, the passing thing did confuse me. Like that was pretty hectic. But uh, other than that, like I liked it a lot. But the only thing I would say is the format that they had the last two years, where the guys race up the court at the same time, was the only thing I probably missed. Like that was a really good one. Like how Sabonis, I think, was he racing against Jason Tatum a couple years ago? I can't remember, but like. They were going up the court at the same time. That's the only element I missed. But this new team format, um, I think could work out because it does add a different element to it. So overall, I thought it was okay. But like T- like you said, TC, if they keep doing it for you know a couple of years, I think it'll be like really good. Because they're probably gonna add some more to it. Um, especially like the shootout from half court where you got Mobley just casually pulling up and hitting the half court shot. Like mm. I thought it was good overall, though. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, then there's all kinds of interesting trios you could do. Like, yeah. you know, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if you had the 2017 Warriors teaming up. Like, you had KD, Clay, and Steph doing this. Like, what yeah. would happen? <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, you could have friends, like, get LeBron, Mello, and Chris Paul to do it. Yeah. You know? Oh, that'd be dope. That'd be yeah. Dope. Yeah. yeah. So it was, like, it's just the possibilities are endless. Because yeah. the Antetokounmpo team is going to be different every year. 
the Cavs team is going to be wherever they go to the All-Star, do the All-Star. Right. So next year it'll be like the Utah Jazz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the rookies are going to be different every year. So it's, go- it's going to be interesting. It's yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah. I am going to say one, like. one thing, though, that if I would have went on Bovada and put some money on the Antetokounmpo, I would have lost because I had full yeah. oh faith. Yeah, I, I was. I did too. I was. I was bamboozled. I was led astray. I thought that the hustle <laughs> yeah. was gonna count for something, but it didn't. So, like, I no. mean, I love, I love the Nasus, but he is the antithesis of skill. <laughs> yes, he is a glue guy through and through. Like that's like putting Dennis Robin out there. Like, all right, just go <laughs> run over some stuff, buddy. Yeah, I mean that. That was my takeaway of the Antetokounmpo's are freak athletes, but probably the least skilled family in nba history yeah in terms of skill yeah they're not not the best even even Giannis isn't really cut out for that contest like yeah and, yeah they, and they don't like it's not like they the have rooks. a shooter in on, on in their midst so yeah <laughs> the shooting one was was sad <laughs> yeah Ooh. the shooting was hard to watch <laughs> built the new embassy with all those bricks <laughs> yeah that was tough yeah what, what i don't understand tough. is why they chose alex instead of costas yeah I, I don't think, I, yeah, I mean, they none of them and none of the teams had seen the format before. So I don't think most of them kind of grasped the strategy. I mean, the Rooks looked pretty yeah. prepared, but like the Cavs and the Antetokounmpo's, like they didn't look like they understood the strategy very yeah. well. Um, that's all right. It's the first year and it doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean... That's Overall. how the, the Antetokounmpo's won the passing one because they were hustling. They were just throwing. They yeah. Just chucking. Yeah. Bro, they <laughs> the chucking. Stay on the left side, bro. Just stay out the way. I mean, it was chaos, too. They were running into each other. And, like, I don't know how they won. Like, the Cavs yeah. looked so much smoother than them. They <laughs> got, like, 14 less points somehow. I didn't really understand the scoring. But, like, Antetokounmpo's were just sprinting in between, like, running yeah. into each other and stuff. But it was, yeah, it was definitely fun. All right. Let's move on to the three-point contest then. Was it a three-point shootout now? Three-point contest? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't even know. Martin Dew. That's what we the call The competition it. where they Dew. shoot three-pointers. <laughs> um, yeah, shout-out to Mountain Dew for making a delicious soda and for sponsoring that. Um, if you want to sponsor this show, you just say the word. Say the word. Um, so, <laughs> BJ, what were your takeaways from the three-point contest? Um, my takeaways were I thought DUA had a fantastic point. If the dunk contest, which I I won't go in yet because I know you guys have thoughts, this the three point shootout could be the last event of the night just because of the pure entertainment of it. And when guys get hot, like especially with the NBA being mostly about three point shooting now, just watching like you saw how Steph got hot, just watching that kind of momentum build up. My only takeaway was like. Where were some of the best shooters in the league at, though? Like, I was wondering, like, where was Steph? Obviously, that's not fair to put him in it amongst mere mortals. Um, where was Clay? I mean, Clay has only played like probably ten or twelve games, but uh, you get you, just out of respect. Um, D. Book, who has won it before, like I thought it was missing some of the marquee shooters who have done it. But overall, though, like I thought um, with the implementation of the Mountain Dew Ball too, that's worth like three points. It really yeah. makes it super duper interesting. And like you get to choose where your money ball rack is at. So you could, you know, feel like you're from the corner, top of the key, the wing. Um, it was probably by far my favorite event of All-Star Weekend aside from the actual game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the three-point contest is easily the best part of All-Star Saturday. And it has been for several years. Um, other than 
that time Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine decided yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Thanks. But yeah, I mean, my takeaway is cat is gross. Cat <laughs> is really nice. Cheat I love, I, love <laughs> I loved what you said about him having fun too. It was good to see him having fun. And um, you know, it seemed like after his mom passed with COVID, I mean, it seemed like he I mean, you could just kind of tell from afar like he wasn't in the best spot. I mean, if my mom died, you know, I wouldn't be in the best spot either. But it was good to see him smiling, having fun, um, you know, really enjoying the three-point contest and really enjoying All-Star Weekend. That was definitely a, definitely a plus. For sure. I, I echo everything you guys have said. And I didn't know Kat had it like that, to be honest. I, I, knew, I knew he could shoot here. I didn't know he was the leading three-point shooter on his team. Like, that's insane. He has like Anthony Edwards on his team. Yeah, D'Lo. It was mind-boggling. I was the last round when he hit twenty-nine. I was like, "What yeah. the fuck?" Because I, I had I had Trey Young or uh, Luke Kennard winning, so especially Luke Kennard. I would thought he was going to win. Yeah, that was my pick. I picked Luke Kennard. But I mean, shout out to VJ. VJ actually picked yeah. Cat. Yeah. To win it, one hundred percent. No twin. But I I love I love the I love that they added the Mountain Dew zone. It was it was just fun overall, and I agree. End the night on that. That's the most hype uh, mm-hmm. contest of all. Because we okay. I'm gonna stop there because I'm I was gonna <laughs> yeah save some ammo because I yeah, want to hear what I was gonna, you know <laughs> shoot, shoot shoot a little bit against the so then, contest. So then, since we're talking about Cat, Cat is in fact a center, and Cat did win the three point contest by a decent margin. I mean, that last round, he was the best by far. So does that make, since he's won the three-point contest and is shooting so well, is Carl Anthony Towns the best shooting center in NBA history? Not forward. Obviously not forward. Okay. Because I was going to put Dirk. I was going to put Dirk. But Cat is, in fact, a center. He's a center. He's not just a forward. He's a center. And so does this make Carl Anthony Towns – the best shooting center of all time? Um, I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to say yes, be, not just because of what I saw this weekend, but I've been watching Cat um, since he was playing in New Jersey. And uh, when he went to Kentucky, like you could just tell like the way he shot the ball um, when Coach Cal let him shoot threes, that he was that guy. Um, this one specific thing you said, like best shooting center of all time, because when he said best shooting big man a couple months ago, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you ever heard of Dirk Nowitzki? Like, no, <laughs> Dirk is the best shooter for, you know, big man. But as a center, it's got to be Carl Anthony Towns. I did not know he was shooting like 41% from downtown leading his team. And for a seven-footer to be doing that with that kind of um, easy, like, flow to his shot, too, I think he's got to be. Yeah, 100%. Because I, I, when when I saw the question, I was like, hmm. I try, I try to like think of any other names, like, but nobody comes even close to the way Cat is shooting yeah. and has been shooting throughout his career. So, I mean, yeah, he has to be the best shooting center of all time. Yeah, I mean, without a question. And that distinction is important. Obviously, there are yeah. some forwards who could absolutely stroke it, like Dirk, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think of like Ryan Anderson and Richard Lewis. Yeah, oh, those guys God. could absolutely. Peter Turkaloo, Lewis, Turkaloo, yeah, Pages yeah. mm-hmm. Don't forget about the Red Rocket, uh, oh, Matt Bonner, New Balance out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. but the difference is, is none of those guys are centers, 
And Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns is a center. So, yes, he is the best shooting center of all time. Yeah. And, I mean, he still has a lot of career left. So, I, I'm a huge Cat guy. I love Cat. Mm-hmm. Cat, how can you hate that, him how can you hate on cat yeah i mean the fact that he can guy. stroke threes and just like throw down windmill dunks you know in mm-hmm. the, in the Easily. Paint. like yeah how do you not like him he, he's he's a beast i mean and vj kind of alluded to this but the three-point contest was missing a lot of guys a lot of the league's best shooters we're not in this year's contest for one reason or another i mean i'm thinking of like joe harris like BJ mentioned Devin Booker, Steph Curry, um, Clay Thompson. Um, obviously, you could throw Kevin Durant in any year. I mean, but none of those guys were in it. And so, is Cat's victory hollow or tainted in any way because those guys aren't there? Jan, what do you think? A little bit, but I don't blame him because it's not his fault. Like, half of the guys you just named were injured. And you know the three point dunk, the three point contest has a history of not having always all the best players because like Curry missed it a few years and you can't put Curry in there because it's gonna be an automatic win every time. There's some guys that you can't you just can't put in there because it will be a no contest. But I'm, I look at the at the list of like the best three point shooters. There's people that should definitely have been there. Like why was Desmond Bain there? Like I get he's a pretty good shooter, but like. I don't think he got it like that, you know. There's there's a few names that I would have replaced. Like Duncan Robinson should have been there, I feel like. Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Gary Trent Jr. There's there's there mm-hmm. Buddy Heald. Like, why weren't they there? Like there's some there's some there's some bigger names that were actually missing that would have made it actually a little bit more competitive because the first a couple guys had like what 16s, 18s? I don't know. They just there was missing something. Also, I would probably put up another extra round in there because it, it, it seemed pretty short to me. It was pretty fast. Yeah, I didn't think it was over. I thought there was going to be a final between the exactly. Top two. Exactly. It was literally like super it was just fast. Over. Like everybody went once and then the top three went another time and then that's it. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. to go back to your question, yeah, I feel like it was a little tainted because some of the best shooters went in there, but it wasn't his fault. I mean, with all due respect, no, it's not tainted at all. <laughs> I disagree, <laughs> Dion. Because it's like people saying it, the, it's the same argument as like last year when the Suns got to the finals because like people were injured and stuff. It doesn't matter. Like you play who's there. And it's not the, t- the actual title for who's the best shooter in the NBA. We That's saw right. who that was on Sunday. I mean, there's no question. But, I mean, it's like you beat you be who's there and Cap be who's there. So, I mean, yes, some of the best guys weren't there, but that doesn't taint his title at all as mm-hmm. the 2022 NBA three-point champion, right? Like that, it doesn't taint that at all. You That's be fair. who's in front of you. And he so. hit 29. So yeah. 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 I, yeah. I agree. BJ. Yeah. I, I don't think it was tainted. Like, I mean, like Deion said, it's not his fault that those guys weren't there, but um, I'm just going to say, no, it wasn't tainted. Just Cause like he was, the like odds on lowest per like favorites yeah. to win it just like he was the only center in there and the fact that he did win it made it that much better that he did but um i think like especially if we're saying he might be the best jump shooting center of all time this kind of like elevates him even more into that space so i think like now it's going to become a normal thing for big guys to be out there so if anything like i think because cat has also won the skills competition too before yeah so he's kind of revolutionizing and showing like what the game is for big guys, essentially. So I don't think it is. It, if anything, it was more impressive that he won it, actually. 
Yeah. Now, does he go for the dunk contest next year and go for the three-peat? Oh, he he, he would have got it this year. Shit. The clean sweep. <laughs> you just go there and just, just go there and drop, throw all you to yourself. You get a 40. You good. Just because he would make it on the first try. <laughs> exactly. All right. I... We can't. Well, let's let's yeah let's yeah I can hold my tongue no longer. I mean we we can dance around it no longer. Let's address the elephant in the All Star Weekend room. Um, let's talk about and I I use this term as a term of art really very loosely, um, not to be taken literally. The dunk contest. Um, <laughs> Dion, you're my guy. I, I give you the honor of first take on the dunk contest. I, I defer to you. All right. Oof. So, where is my mic? There we go. You know, I was pretty hyped before it all went down. You know, we had a rookie, Jalen Green. The dude could jump out of the gym. We saw what he's done throughout the season. We have Cole Anthony. Short dude that can that got hops. I was okay. I don't know why he's here, but maybe he, he got he got something. He got something to show us. Then we know we know Obi Toppin is a dunker. We I was super excited to see him. And then there was JTA for some reason one dunk in the season. He made it into the dunk contest. And so the dunk contest start off with a ten minute delay because a dude has to tie his shoes. Like, bro, come out with the Timberlands. Nobody would have been hurt. Like, what are you doing? No one cares. Nobody cares. Just put them <laughs> on and come out with it. That would have been cool. That was, now you got us all waiting. This dude missing his, the laces and everything. Like, bro. And then takes five attempts to, to hit the first dunk. And I was like, okay. He's, he's you know, he's breaking the ice. It's, it's normal to miss. But then it's Jalen Green's turn. And I don't think there's any better reaction than what Shaq had for his attempts. <laughs> he was so upset. The commentary was like, this is one of Shaq's pet peeves. I was like, damn straight. I was like, what the hell? Like, bro, change the dunks. You tried it 10 fucking times. What? Are, like, what? Just keep on doing the same wimble. Josh Christopher missing the pass. Either change the dunk or change the passer. As simple as that. Pass it to yourself. Then, if he would have done the dunk that he had at the end of all that, it would have been not. It would have been nines across the board. But it, no, he he was stubborn that he had to hit that one for some reason. It wasn't even that cool. And then JTA comes out. You know, the dunk contest is something that you know is praised for the theatricals, the showmanship, and everything. Dude, just grabbed the ball and went up for a windmill dunk. What is it? Is is just mind boggling? It was so disappointing. It was by far the worst dunk contest I have personally ever seen. I don't know if the, I'm sure the ones back in the day was even better than that, like before Vince Carter. And there, no creativity whatsoever. It's, it was just there was nothing good about this dunk contest. They asked Obi Toppin it, at the end after he had his trophy in his hand if they should have rearranged the order. Of the dunk contest, and the dude, <laughs> <laughs> like I felt so bad for dude because like so he bogus. actually tried a little bit. I felt so bad because so Obi Toppin was like actually trying, and then everybody else was just just terrible, terrible. <laughs> it was just I was 
I don't even have the power to yell at, at, at the dunk contest anymore because I was yelling during it. The English language <laughs> only contains... God, stop. You're going to make me laugh. <laughs> the English language contains only a finite combination of words, and none of them adequately describe what I had to endure sitting on my couch Saturday night. Um, first of all, after the whatever that was, I couldn't find my way to I couldn't find my way to bed because suddenly my vision had gone completely awry from having to watch it. You know, I luckily through sleeping my vision returned, but I briefly was blinded by the sight of that dunk contest. And then after I managed to find my way to bed, I couldn't sleep. I was haunted by it. I just kept, you know, the 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 vision of Miss Dunk after Miss Dunk just replaying in my mind and I could not sleep. That was an absolute travesty. Yes. That was awkward to watch. First of all, what the hell is an attempt? Can we cover yes. this? Yes. These guys get three <laughs> yeah. attempts. So why is Jalen Green trying the same dunk for the 12th time? Can we clarify what an attempt is? You have to touch the rim with the basketball. First of all, if the attempt goes right, the basketball should never touch the rim. So why is that the metric for the attempt? That's just, like, the, the, it's so stupid. Great. It's so stupid. Because they, they were like, it has to be a downward motion towards the rim. What does that even mean? That just gives the guy incentive to just pull up if it's not going exactly right. Bring back the shot clock. This is not that hard. Second mm-hmm. of all, this is the least creative group of dunkers I've ever seen. Like, there was not a single attempt to do anything remotely creative. The closest thing to that was Cole Anthony with the Timberlands, which was kind of cool. I mean, it sucked that we had to wait for five minutes for him to lace up. Five? It was like ten. (laughs) That took forever. That took forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently it was like a reference to some anime that only like 14 of the people watching would recognize. Like, (laughs) I... Didn't was it the Boondocks? It. I was about yeah. to say, was it Boondocks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you guys watched okay. the Boondocks? I didn't even get it from. Oh. I didn't even get it. I, I used no, to watch so the show. You guys have seen it, and you didn't even connect the dots right away. No, like, not like, at all. What? Um, but I mean, at least he tried to do something creative. Everybody else didn't even attempt anything cool. Like, no legends involved, no props. Like, what are we doing? Like, did you guys prepare at all? Like, did you try and think through this? Like, if you don't have that grade of dunks, which clearly nobody did, you can always be creative. You can mm-hmm. always do something cool that counteracts the lack of massive vert and sick, you know, choreography. So there was complete lack of creativity. And then why are you preparing dunks that you can't do? Yeah. If it takes that many attempts... I don't know if there's some kind of massive difference between like what you can do in practice and what you can do in the dunk contest. I would think that adrenaline flowing would mean that you can do go just a little bit higher when it's time to perform. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, none of these dunks could be performed. I mean, Juan Toscano Anderson, or was it Obi Toppin? I don't remember. I don't want to remember. Somebody tried a honeypot and didn't even come close. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah. And I was rooting for Barely one. got over his wrist. 
I mean, that's that's a Marquette guy. I mean, I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, he tried a honeypot and it didn't even come close. Like, what are we doing? We are not winning today. Yeah, <laughs> no, we, we are Marquette. We are not winning today. It was so bad that Obi Toppin won the dunk contest with a fundamentally sound layup. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> the judges were so bored they gave a layup damn near a fifty. Yeah, there doing? was a ten in there somewhere. It it literally it kept me up at night. I couldn't get the images of you know failed dunk after failed dunk out of my mind. It continues I, to haunt me. I actually I think I saw a stat and I think their shooting percentages were twenty one percent as a whole. That and we're talking about dunks. We're talking about dunks. You know how how, how stupid that is. I, I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion for Bovada. They should put a line on attempts per dunk next year. Yep. Everybody will be millionaires. I'm, I am hammering the over. Hammering I'm taking the, the over, over every time. And don't get me wrong. As horrible as this dunk contest was, I don't put it all on the participants. The participants, in fact, I give probably more credit than anybody I'm about to mention because they did show up and they did try. Like I said, very poorly executed. Very poorly executed, not very well thought out, but mm-hmm. they showed up. They did try. They were willing to put themselves out there, which brings me to my next and larger question of the reason the dunk contest was so bad was not because of who showed up. It was because of who didn't show up. Either the NBA c- cannot identify the best dunkers in the league and has no idea who can really get up. Because Cole Anthony cannot get up that high. He really can't. He has no business being in the all-star game. I give him full marks for showing up and trying, like I keep saying. But there's no reason he should be in the dunk contest. Same with Juan Toscano-Anderson. So either the NBA has no clue and they're inviting the wrong people, or the much more probable scenario, which is these guys were way down the list and literally everybody else rejected being in the dunk contest. And that's why the dunk contest sucks. And that's why I briefly lost my vision after having to watch it. It's because the guys who can really dunk and the guys who can really put on a show don't want to do it. And that has to change. Somebody has to come in like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon did and save the dunk contest. I mean, yeah. if, if a lot of these guys were invited and they turned it down, they're the problem. And I don't know who it is, but they are the reason the dunk contest sucks. Not because of Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony and Juan Toscano Anderson, their vertical is what it is. And, I mean, they could have been more creative, but they showed up and they tried versus everybody else who just turned it down and doesn't want to do it. So That's fair. there's my rant. DJ? You know, it's hard to follow that up, but um, I'm just going to say it because I feel like we've been somewhat nice. That may have been the worst dunk contest, not just in NBA history, in the history since James Naismith invented the game back in the 1800s. <laughs> I think that has set dunking the basketball back quite some not just the history of NBA history of basketball that might have been the worst dunk contest I've ever seen um here's the thing uh Italian fell asleep during the dunk contest and I was pretty upset I'm like you gonna leave me here to watch this by myself I was like no 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 you suffer too you suffer watch these grown men <laughs> miss dunks with no defenders there's nobody out there <laughs> like hold on Cole Anthony you 6-3 on a good day you're going to put on like 30 pound shoes and that's supposed to help you get up higher. Anybody who walks around in Tim's nose, your big toe is numb after two steps. Cole, what are you doing? <laughs> that's what, what I said. Like, who? 
come on, son. Tim's are for walking around in snow, not trying to get max elevation. Science, baby, science. That's what I'm, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. And the next thing, I have truly legitimately seen better dunks on Nerf hoops, right? I've seen my boys get up with the ones you hang on the back of your door. I've seen my friends get up and do some sick dunk on those. Like, I've seen much better. So I don't know how, like, and to Dion, to Dion's point, I literally had that in my notes. I am going to go out on a limb, and I would willing to be. I'd put a mortgage on this. They shot higher percentage from the three point line in the previous event than they did dunking the yeah. basketball, yeah. which is sad. Which is true. That's sad. just it's just like disappointing. Like it's so bad. Yeah, and I'm wondering. I'm like, my man Juan Toscano. He has one backdoor dunk on Javale McGee, and that's all it took to get him in a dunk contest. Like, oh yeah. You know, he dunked on JaVale McGee on the back door. You must be good. My man Cole Anthony had, a, I think, a wide-open layup or dunk package against Detroit. And he's like, yeah, I, I think I think that'll do it. Obi Toppin does an East Bay end game. They're like, yeah, I, I, I think that'll do it. Jalen Green jumps pretty high. I think that'll do it. Except Jalen Green, I mean, I truly think, like, his first attempt was longer than the whole Walking Dead series alone. Like, he was out there <laughs> some time. Just, you know – and then Josh Christopher, my man, my man, sit down. If you can't pass the rock, have a seat in your leather pants and let somebody else give it a try. <laughs> He's pissing me off, bro. Pissing me off with them shiny pants. Like, sit down. <laughs> right? It's ain't about you. You can't, you're not a passer. You are a scorer. So sit your ass down. Oh my God. <laughs> right? I'm just so mad. I'm like, what y'all doing? You know, and Obi, Obi Toppin. My man is like, you know what? I'm going to win a dunk contest on the East Bay off the glass. And I'm sorry if the East Bay has now become not as important as it used to be because I'm like, oh, that's his backup dunk. But, I mean, that's all it really took. I think Cole Anthony, he might get the Shackton Award because he hurt his thumb on the damn rim mid-game. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that Magic were happy to see him out there probably with a torn ligament and stuff from Duncan. Um, I, just, I just have so many words on what this contest was not. Like – I'd rather see like the kids on TikTok who do trick layups. That was more, that's more entertaining to me because they at least make a higher percentage of what these dudes are doing. Yep. Like John Morant within four minutes, and Taylor said this yesterday, John Morant within four minutes of the All-Star game had the best dunk of the week. Like that's what, that, he got more cheers on that than anybody all Saturday night. <laughs> like that was a national travesty. I think everybody who paid or who logged into the TNT app should be awarded an hour back of their time. I don't know how it works. If Daylight Savings will give you that hour back. But God damn it, invest <laughs> back into America. Because that was wrong. We were wrong a Saturday night. We as viewers, and me and Dion are you know, soon to be lawyers, so we're considering bringing a class action lawsuit <laughs> for what we had to sit through. False advertisement. Yes. That creates a contractual hey. relationship. And they breached that relationship. We've been wronged by the NBA's negligence of putting that on television. It, 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 it was so bad that even though they got 100 attempts per person, somebody still was not able to make the dunk. Like Cole Anthony literally exhausted his attempts. I don't know how that happened because Jalen Green went 200 times and Cole Anthony went four times and couldn't dunk anymore. Like what? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know, my man Toscano Anderson, 
this was super random. He walks up to Dr. J. He's like, oh, can you sign this ball for me? I'm about to do it, Doc. Yes. Chew- Dr. J is like, I don't even know you. <laughs> you sign your ball for then Jalen hey. Green walks out with the NFT necklace. Like, it's like a highlight. He gives it to, I forgot, David Rock. He gave it to somebody. And they were like, bro, You didn't even wear it. I was so confused. What are we doing? Like, what is going on? All these props? Like, you got to make a dunk first, you know? Worry about the props later. Like, but, Dr. J is like, Toscano, what, what, what am I signing this for? Like, who are you? <laughs> Dr. J could have done better at 60 than what no Wantos Fano did. No Easily. question. Like, Easily. I feel Bro, tremendous guilt. I feel tremendous guilt because I was watching with my wife and she kept looking down on her phone and I told her to put down her phone so we could enjoy it together. It turns out she was right and I was wasting my time. I should have been also looking at my phone. <sighs> also, can we stop with the non-elite passers coming out and throwing the passes for the dunk contest, these guys are not ready for prime time, okay? You either need to use an NBA legend or one of your teammates or something because these guys choke under pressure, okay? They are not ready to throw a good pass as soon as the cameras come on, okay? Greg Anthony couldn't even hold the ball for the first dunk. He, he took I don't like, put that took on five Greg. minutes just to position Cole, the ball. Cole had no idea where to put him. Okay, <laughs> don't you dare slander Greg Anthony. Like, did, did you not rehearse this? Like, what are we to- what are we doing? I mean, Greg was standing where he was told, and Cole had no idea where he fair, wanted him. Fair, fair. But, but I mean, it, like, how? I mean, this has been happening for years now. Of like these guys who come out, it's like their sibling or their agent or you know somebody and they can't throw the pass right and we all have to sit here for five minutes while this poor person on national television has no idea how to throw the pass correctly like use your teammates your teammates are used to being on national television use an nba legend okay bring out john stockton or steve nash or something like that's the thing though josh christopher is his teammate that's what I'm saying. No the worst shot. part is Josh Christopher he, is a professional player for the There's Rockets. no shot. He plays That's for the, the Houston part. Rockets. That is the worst part. <sighs> okay, the if they haven't finished in the top 10 in assists, then don't use them. <laughs> I'm tired of it. But like you said, like like you like you guys said, like we, I was watching it with Liv and I was like, ah, babe, just just don't worry. They're saving it for later. They're saving all I the know. best dunks for later. Later so never bad. came. I kept apologizing for the dunk yeah, contest. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, here he goes. Here, look up. Look up, babe. Here he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, never mind. He I was like, again. you know, I'm just going to put the mac and cheese bites in the oven. You go back. You go back to sleep. <laughs> you go back to sleep. <laughs> mac and cheese bites. I'm going to go preheat the oven. That's the only yeah, thing. Sounds like, like a, sounds like a classy <laughs> evening. No, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> the highlight of the night was having ranch in the fridge to dip my <laughs> And I, I, I mean, I don't know, but I can say this with full confidence that those mac and cheese bites were probably the best part of the night. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it was the only thing successful all night. <laughs> only thing that first went right in one attempt was the mac and cheese bites, bar none. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, we should get wings. We should get taco oh, dip. But she was like, I'm telling you, like, it's not going to be that good. I was like, oh, Tal, you shut your mouth. She was 100% right. She was 100% right. Oh, man. So, I mean, all of us for, with great confidence can say this was the worst dunk contest of all time. And right. yep. not even close. Yep. 
so then with that being said, we've thrown out a few suggestions, but the NBA reaches out to us and they should. Um, you have my phone number, Adam Silver, um, to us to, to, to fix the dunk contest. How, how do we fix the dunk contest? BJ, what, what do you think needs to be done to fix the dunk contest? So I honestly think, like, I get it, like what you were saying about, you know, the stars aren't doing it. And I don't know, that trend, I'm going to go on and blame LeBron. Like, I think when he said he wasn't doing it, I think a lot of superstars said, well, I'm not doing yes. it either. Um, but here's the thing, like, if you go on Instagram and you just look at the street parks where guys do dunk contests, some of these guys, like, this is legit all they do. They can't shoot. They can't dribble. They just go to the gym, do leg extensions and squats, and just jump out the gym. Like, I think the NBA should look at doing a tournament or some kind of dunk off, and then the culmination of it be at All-Star Saturday night. Like, these are the top five or six dunkers from across the United States or globally, like, internationally. Do whatever you got to do. But Because some of these guys, like, are professional dunkers. Like, this is their thing. And they have more creativity just because, like, this is all they can work on. But I think, like, you stop trying to get guys to do in the NBA because clearly, like, I think that trend just isn't happening anymore. Like, the stars aren't doing it. And I think part of it is, like, they're scared to be embarrassed, scared to be, like, you know, roasted like these guys who just did it this past Saturday are. So I say you go and you get, you know, guys off the street who this is, like, what they do. And you say, hey, like, winner gets a million. Uh, or two million, whatever it is, but you incentivize that because I think you'll get more effort and creativity from guys who like, you know, this is like this might be their one shot. But I think as far as NBA guys doing it, that ship might have sailed. Like at least the superstars doing it. One hundred percent. They. I was gonna suggest something similar. I was gonna say embarrass them, embarrass the NBA players that are on the dunk contest. Just put them up like two against two. With two like street hoopers and two NBA players. Oh uh, yeah, like two That's two of the good. ones that you said do it professionally, like the dude Kilgammon, kill some whatever. Jordan Killigan. Yeah, that oh dude. Just God. bring him in because, or or at, at the very least, if you can only have NBA players, at the very least, just have these guys coach the NBA players on how to be creative, because they clearly know what they're doing. They have dunk contests all like year round, so. I mean, either have them coach the NBA players or go against them. So I'm, I'm, I will assure you, no NBA player will want to be outshined by a regular street dude. So they're going to they gonna put their work in. So Yeah, and one of the things I've heard since the dunk contest is it's just not possible. Like, you know, whatever, everything cool has already been done. And these street dunkers, like you guys are talking about, prove that that's just bullshit. Mm -hmm. These guys yeah. keep coming up with great stuff. And, you know, oh, yeah. it, that's like saying, you know, all the good movies have already been made and all of the great artwork has already been painted. That's just not true. That's just an excuse. Exactly. And I mean, Dion stole my idea of you pair an NBA player with a professional dunker and they're like a team. Yeah. Or you expand it to the G League or. Mm. Yeah, you find a way to incentivize stars. Oh, like a 2v2 I, I don't dunk know. contest. That would be fire. Yeah, a that'd 2v2, be sick. That'd be dope. Yeah, you pair one of these like professional dunkers with it with the NBA player and they're a team. Yeah, that'd be fire. That way you have a partner for all of the dunks where you need like somebody to throw you a lob or something. That's on your partner to get it right. Yeah. And the second thing is I one of the reasons, and you know, VJ touched on this about the embarrassment or like not wanting to put themselves out there, but 
the dunk contest has been ruined for some of the great dunkers like Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. because the judging has been bad. And so yeah. I think can you yeah, do away yeah. with judges and just do a fan vote? Like, how cool yeah. would that be if you just t- log on to the NBA Ooh, app, like and live, just like do a live time. score? Yeah. Like, yes, uh, you know, there might be a little bit of bias, but millions of people watching it, we want to be impressed. If we see a great dunk, we're going to give it a 10. Yeah. 100 percent i i totally agree with that yeah. that would be oh. so much better well that's that's yeah. genius because then you get more viewership too like yeah. you get more viewership like exactly yeah and so it's it's a very ball don't lie type of thing of like either all of us are impressed or we're not and it's not like we're really trying to i think like the all-star voting is a good example of like fans are just incredibly biased but i feel like when it comes to the dunk contest I feel like you could trust fans. Like, we want to be impressed. And if we see Mm -hmm. a sick dunk, I don't think we're going to hold it against somebody else. Oh, facts. Yeah. So something has to be done with the judging because that, you know, that's the reason why we don't see Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. anymore because they got screwed because of the voting. (laughs) Dwayne Wade. Um, (laughs) And so they won't do it anymore. And I think that's ruined it for a lot of people. And thank you for bringing bringing up LeBron. I hold it against LeBron just a little bit that he was like the first huge star to just yeah. totally be too cool for the dunk contest. And that's dumb. That? Before him, all the greats did it. Who could actually jam? So I don't know. It needs to be fixed. Yeah. It is broken. It's broken. But I mean, just past two minutes, we've had some pretty good ideas of how to fix it. So hopefully yeah. this was bad. Enough <laughs> Literally, to really, like, they need to and, call. I'm so need to call us. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. My number. Um, I mean, I think this dunk con, and it, it gives me hope because the NBA with every with everything else with All Star Weekend, everything else they've changed the format of has been really good. Let me talk about the Skills Challenge was fire. The All Star Game Thanks. was absolutely fire. Yeah, when they changed the format of that, and so it gives me hope that they will, will be able to fix the dunk contest. <sighs> Thank you for sitting through that. Um, <laughs> this was very therapeutic for us. Very. Um, I still might seek professional help about the feelings I felt after watching the dunk contest. I was that filled with anger and rage and sadness, but this helped for sure. So thank you all listeners for letting us get that off our chest. All right, let's talk about the absolute banger. That was the all-star game. Um, Dion, what were your takeaways from the all-star game? So I'm going to start with, with Steph. Steph made Liv a believer yesterday, and now that's her favorite player, and I'm really upset about that. But we're gonna move on from that. Um, I, I mean, was, what I choice was... did she have if she watched the All Star game? Huh? I mean, what choice did she have if she watched that's the All Star game? That's fair. This dude was literally shooting from everywhere on the floor, and it was insane. I I was like, shit, is he my favorite player now too? Like, what, what what's, mm. what's really going on? So. Needless to say, that Steph was incredible. I think it was one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive All-Star game I've personally ever watched, besides the Kobe one. And I just love the new format. They go quarter by quarter, and they donate to charity, whoever wins. I think that makes it more competitive. I think the Elam ending, it makes it more competitive. It was just all around just a great time. It was it was just good. It was I, I loved it. It's a, a sidebar for the... For the halftime show, which was like two hours long, mm. but the rest was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. The new format is just a huge W. 
Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't want to watch a regular game when I watch the All-Star game. It's fun right. that you get three quarters of messing around and lobs and half-court threes and all kinds of stuff. But I love that it's paired with the fourth quarter that is actually competitive, that you actually see guys going at it, rebounding, playing defense, trying to back each other down and stuff. That is just awesome. Yeah. To actually watch them go at it for a quarter and actually try. That is just so cool. And yeah. Go ahead, Dion. No, I was just going to say it was, it's the perfect mix, mix between competition and fun. It was just perfect. Yeah. And obviously, like all of you guys, Steph Curry is a god. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone knows he's the best shooter in the league, but it's surprising to me just how far in front of everyone else he is. Like he looks like he could just go out and score 60 points a game if he wanted to. Yeah. They literally started doubling him. It's not like they weren't even right. Playing mm-hmm. team in a guard at half court. What? Yeah. Like, have you ever seen a double team in the All Star game? Because I haven't seen one before. <laughs> this man is killing other pros that badly. That, <laughs> just, just insane. And I, I love the halftime too. Yes, it was long. Yes, it was disrespectful to some of these NBA legends who are ninety years old and had to stand up for that <laughs> entire hour. <laughs> Get my man, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar can barely stand up. Get my man a chair if you're going to make it that long. That is disrespectful. He actually had a chair. He's the only one that had a chair. Thank goodness. All right. <laughs> I, I, can, I can sleep now. But, I mean, some of these guys, Jerry West, Jerry West is a million years old. You're making him stand up for, you like, let him out first. What are we doing? Yeah. I mean, that, that presentation was super cool. Super cool having the yeah. 75th anniversary team there. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. DJ, what were your takeaways? Um, a lot of what you guys were saying, like my exact thoughts. Um, obviously, Steph Curry is a cheat code. Um, not fair at all when you can have a guy go 16 for 27 in a regular, I mean, not a regulation game, but just hit 16 threes in an NBA contest. Like, with defense on, I think is insane. I think another thing too that's kind of under the radar is my man LeBron is now five and zero as captain of like the All Star. Yes, sir. Like, I know people always like joke about the GM thing, but if you give LeBron like a pool of talent, actually like let him choose his roster, not have Rob Lincoln play, he might get some things done. But um, I thought his team like was really well put together, and my man Giannis quietly was like playing for real like trying to like <laughs> yeah, yeah. going hard like Chris Middleton, his old teammate Chris Middleton went for a layup he just smacked it off the glass yeah, like, that was so sick not not today Chris not today um <laughs> you know and then this new format like we were all saying like two years ago Chris Paul and the competition committee sat down and was like yo we need to think about making this more competitive, especially in honoring Kobe, like his competitive fire. Let's think of some. And this new format, like you guys are saying, is amazing because um, now I guys really do try. Like you see Joel and B calling for the ball, um, trying to make it, you know, more interesting for his team. It puts the Pro Bowl and the NFL to complete shame. I think it makes the NFL All-Star Weekend look absolutely tragic. Um, and I think the whole part where – they try to win the quarter it's competitive throughout because like when you win the quarter you win money for a charity for those kids and those kids which is really cool they get to come sit at like at courtside and watch this all go down and i think that also because the players do really care about kids and giving back too so that part adds another element to it um and then i thought that the nba 75 thing was really really cool to see because 
I wasn't alive when the last, you know, the greatest 50 players were came out. I wasn't alive to see that. So getting to see it this time around, having that collection of talent out there was pretty cool. Um, Cause you could tell like the NBA for all the drama and all the BS that kind of happens in between it, it really is a brotherhood. And I thought it was really cool to see a lot of guys embracing each other. Like I know, we have the LeBron MJ debate and it gets heated and everybody has it almost every other week, but those two just embraced each other, which I thought was really cool. So it was cool to have that collection, like the 75 greatest players. Some are still here with us. Some are not obviously, but to have that kind of talent in one gym, like that's a lot of bucket. That's a lot of greatness. So besides the dunk contest, I thought, you know, all-star game, all-star weekend was phenomenal. 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the NBA to release the patch notes for Steph Curry, um, you know, where they explain the nerf. Uh, OP, please nerf his range. Uh, it's getting yeah. out of control. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, and how cool is it to see LeBron hit the fadeaway in Cleveland? to put it in, in Cleveland? Game? That was yeah. amazing. Your prediction's going to happen, TC. I think I'm telling he you. Looked so, that was the most fun. That's the most time LeBron has smiled since Space Jam. Like, yeah. this season has been awful for LeBron. So, that was the – like, he's like, oh, my God, my point guard can actually shoot now. This is different for me. Then he wakes up, goes <laughs> back to work in L.A. He's like, God damn it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> telling you, it's happening. He's, he's, he's going to – the reality is going to hit him hard when they start the season back up on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just a huge W from the beginning. I mean, my yeah. f- new favorite NBA tradition is to watch – um LeBron and KD troll each other during the um all-star draft yeah. that's hilarious. That was awesome that was, that was great amazing. content yeah. James um, you know wa- watching KD have to smile against his will it's you know some of the barbs that Chuck throws because Charles stunts. Barkley you can't help yep. laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't that's I mean it's hilarious that's just a great tradition so just the all-star game with the new format just from beginning to end is just a huge W I'm just yeah. a huge fan of it 100%. I mean, that's just elite. Yeah, I mean, it, like you're saying, like the MLB All-Star Game and the Pro Bowl doesn't even come close to All-Star Weekend. Yeah. All-Star Good Weekend shot. is the gold standard. And the Pro Bowl is tried. Because they've seen the success of the NBA, they're trying out new stuff too, and it's not really working. Yeah. So. One thing I would have, like, changed – I know they, it was in Cleveland and everything, but they should have brought in a little bit more stars because there's usually like a lot of people sitting courtside, and I didn't see no big big names other than Spike Lee, maybe Usher. Well, to be fair, a lot most of like the 75th team also had like courtside seats or fair. you know damn near two, so a That's lot fair. of those seats went to those guys and That's you fair. know their families and stuff. So, um, there was a decent amount. I mean, we gave a good hustle award to Machine Gun Kelly. What was Machine Gun Kelly doing at the start of the All-Star game? He came out oh, and said, that made like, me so what's bad. up, Cleveland? Make some noise. And then he was just gone. Like, I think what? he's – isn't he from yeah. Cleveland? He's yeah. From like, Cleveland, but like, still, what are you doing here? here? You came here to say, like, three lines, make some noise, and then you're gone. <laughs> like, and you get courtside seats for that? I'll do that. Come on. <laughs> That's all you got to do to get courtside seats? Like, Let me do it. Right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Huge W All Star mm-hmm. Weekend, with one small part accepted from that. All right, huge W All Star Weekend. Speaking of W's, let's talk about the Celtics real quick, shall we? Before a minor setback against the Detroit Pistons, Celtics 
won nine in a row coming into the break as one of the hottest teams in basketball. And that's why I can't get this smile off of my face. So VJ, what's been fueling the Celtics success? Why are they back from the dead? It's a combination of a few things. Um, since I think mid January, they've had like the highest defensive rating outside of the Dallas Mavericks, which have been two of the best defensive teams in 2022. Um, also like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are not, as aggressive for shots as they usually are. Like they're moving the ball, accepting double teams. They're playing as a team. And um, the trade of Derek White, getting him as a guy who can switch out on defense really helped them a lot. And I feel like Ime Udoka is finally getting the guys to listen and uh, buy into his system. So that's been really working for them. Um, another thing is, though, like they've had a very easy schedule amongst yep. his winning streak. And you got to beat who's in front of you. Obviously, like not saying, you know, that doesn't matter. But they've played like some pretty weak teams in the midst of it. But you got to, like I'm saying, they're taking care of business. So that's all that matters. But they are playing better basketball and building better habits. But they've also had like a very easy schedule up until this point when they've been building momentum. That's exactly what my point was going to be. They, they're beating whoever's in front of them. I, don't get me wrong. And I think the fact that I feel I haven't watched all the games. I watched a couple during their streak. And I feel like Jason Tatum is taking more of a leadership role. And I think J- Jalen Brown is kind of deferring to that. And I think mm-hmm. that's helping. However, their schedule like was super easy. They they they're beating whoever is in front of them. They beat the Heat, they beat the Sixers. But we're talking about winning against the Pistons, the Magic, the Nets when they were losing their 10 games in a row, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Wizards. Like this, that those these are not teams that are competing for anything. They're not. They're barely in the playing games for some of them. So that also helped spark their little run that they had. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up because now they they they're gonna be playing the Grizzlies. The Nets are gonna have somebody back. They're gonna play the Mavs, the Warriors, the Jazz. But they've been on the run. They're definitely, if not the hottest, one of the hottest teams in the league. And rightfully so, they're playing out of their minds. And Bovada is recognizing that they they have the ninth best odds to win the championship right now. And that's saying a lot the, by looking at the way they started the season because it, it was it was pretty bad. They were 10th, 11th place in the East. And now they're four games back from the top. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against the better teams and how they finish up the, the regular season. Cause they got some, they got some tough teams coming up. Also, I didn't realize how little games are left. I feel like there's like twenty games left. Like or something. 20, yeah, awesome. 24, 25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, not a lot of basketball to be played mm-hmm. before the playoffs. So, yeah, I completely agree with you guys. To me, this feels like a team that has finally bought in. I don't know why it took as long as it did, but this is a team that has finally bought in to their head coach and is willing to defer to each other in order to win games. And I, I, and like VJ said, I love the moves that they made getting rid of players who either weren't helping the team attitude like Dennis Schroeder. um, And then bring also bringing in guys who help them play the type of basketball that they want to play guys like Derek white and Daniel Tice guys who are unselfish and move the ball. Um, and so I, I think they're, pre- I think give, give Amidoka a lot of credit. He's pressing the right buttons. He's gotten the team to buy in and you're seeing the results. And also you got to give a huge amount of credit to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for working out the issue themselves. 
of we had an issue. Offense is stagnant because of us. They're moving the ball. Jalen Brown is deferring to Jason Tatum and letting him be the star. And you're seeing the results of that. So with that being said, is this is their success short-lived and the results of an easy schedule, or do you expect the Celtics to be able to compete for the rest of the season in the playoffs? What do you think, Dion? Given that their success as it came just the past couple weeks before the All-Star game, and the bad parts was were way longer than what their success is. I don't, I don't see them keeping the streak going. I think they're going to be in the playing games at the end of the day, and it's all about matchups. We'll see who they get in the first round of the playoffs if they make it through the playing games. EJ, you expect them to keep it going? Um, if if they keep building these habits they have over the past month or two months or so, like moving the ball, playing defense, I think they could keep it up. But it's also hard to gauge when they haven't been playing quality competition. So this next stretch of games, that which D.I. mentioned earlier, when they play quality teams above 500, if they continue to play the same kind of basketball, I think they can. But I think it all depends on, like, if they will continue to buy in and um, continue to build, like, the things that they've been doing the past couple months. So I think it could swing either way because that's just kind of the kind of team Boston is. Could beat anybody but lose to anybody as well. Exactly. They're really, they're really inconsistent. And we want to have to see how for how long Jalen Brown can defer because he hasn't done it before this past stretch of games. And the one game where he took control, they lost. And that was against the Pistons. So we, we, we're going to have to see how much he can keep being the, you know, the, the second option on the team. Because we kind of saw during the beginning of the season that they weren't that we were we we asked the question whether they could coexist or not. This past couple of games showed that they can, but will Jalen Brown want to for that much longer? You know, is we're gonna have to see. Yeah, I mean that's a fair question. Um, I think that's more of a long term concern than a short. Yeah, for sure. But for sure, my own bias admitted, I do expect them to continue to compete and to compete in the playoffs. I don't know about a deep run, but I expect them to be competitive in the playoffs. A, because they've been playing a lot better. But B, the top of the East feels a lot more vulnerable than it did about 20 games ago. The Nets have been an absolute mess and shipped off James Harden. With the Sixers, we don't know how well Harden and Embiid are going to coexist. It could be really good. You know, it could be a mess. Um, the Bulls, if DeMar DeRozan isn't dropping 40, have been really inconsistent. Uh, the Heat have been really good, but they've struggled with health. And so because of all of that, I think the Celtics could put themselves into that mix. And what felt like a really top-heavy Eastern Conference in about January and the month of February has flipped, and it feels a lot more balanced from top to bottom. And it feels like just about any team in the East could make a run, and the Celtics are peaking at the right time. And they definitely have the talent to be competing. They should have been competing this whole time. And people forget that they also have the experience. They've been on deep playoff runs before. So they should know what good basketball looks like and how to actually compete in the playoffs. That's 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 true. That's true. There, there's also one other cause of concern, though, for the Celtics that I just realized is that they don't have a bench now because they gave away like 20 players. Yeah, like they, can they sustain this for the whole season playing eight players every night? Because they only played eight players the last five games, 
So it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be rough if they're gonna have to do this every night because I don't know how much you can ride those two starters and then ride them in the playoffs too. Yeah, I don't know if it's sustainable. That's that's a really good point, Dion. I mean, Brad Stevens shipped everybody off at the deadline, and I every don't miss, every fucking body. I I mean, and don't get me wrong, I don't miss a single player he shipped Fair. off. I mean, I don't I don't miss a single one of them, especially you, Venus Freedom. I don't miss you for one second. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that Brad Stevens is rolling the dice. Yeah. If the Celtics stay healthy, they have all of the right guys now. They have the right guys in the locker room. They have all the right guys on the floor. The rotations are solid. But Dion brings up a good point of if there's injuries, the wheels are gonna come off because the team does not have depth right now. Mm-hmm. So we are rolling the dice, but I don't think the depth was actually hurting us in a lot of ways before the deadline. And I mean, we can point fingers of who's bringing these guys in to begin with and handing out these contracts that, you know, we needed to spend draft picks to get rid of, but I'm just happy that all of the right people are in place. Now I once went to this like leadership lecture thing where, and they gave this piece of advice that stuck with me of the first step to having a successful organization is to get all the right people on the bus. Second step is to get all the wrong people off the bus. And so right now it feels like the Celtics have done that. They have the right people on the bus, but that's not as many people as I would have liked. So I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because like right now your eighth and ninth or your ninth and tenth are Sam Hauser and Luke Cornett. <laughs> that's bad. So yeah, they're going to have they're going to have to get something in the buyout market. Somebody they they lost the, the ship on Gordon Dragic. That could have been a decent backup. I know you hate him. I know you hate him. That. I know you hate him. But I don't want helped. Goran Dragic. I know you hate him, but it would have helped. Or just go for the Gary Nets. Got him. I feel like Gary Harris could be very valuable yeah. for you guys. Yeah, no question. Because yeah, I know I mean, you, you got traded. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to bring some people in, but. There's worse things. I've seen it this season. So, fair. BJ, any fl- final thoughts on the Celtics? Um, no, no, you guys covered it. I just would, I think they still have some room for improvement, but I just feel like Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn, a healthy Chicago, and Miami um, are all at the top. And if you throw Boston in there, it could, it's really anybody's conference, I feel like right now, just because you don't, there's so many moving pieces. Um, so, yeah, it, it remains to be seen what they can do, though. But like Dion said, if they add some depth, we could be talking about Boston back in the conference finals and making a real push. Oh, yeah. They have all the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they're finally putting it together. It's only been a season and a half. <laughs> all right. Well, let's focus on the positive. They are playing really well right now. Yeah. So, all right. Let's get to our five games of the week. Let's go. I went four and one last week. Shout out to Bavada for helping me out to get me back on track with the five games of the week. So I am now 36 and 23. All right. So Dion, what are you? I am 38 and 22. I'm, After back, two I'm right there. Nights. DJ? 39 and 21. We're all there. All right. We're all there. We're right there. We're, right We're there. all right there. All right. Better, better records than the Lakers. So. All right. <laughs> Game number one. Unfortunately, we have to wait. The only bad, the only downside of the All Star break is we have to wait until Thursday for games. 
Yeah. So that's kind of a uh, bummer. But what's that yeah. Pablo Escobar meme where he's just like sitting yep. there just yep. waiting? <laughs> yep. No NFL, no yeah. NBA, no, no nothing. No nothing. I mean, I might just tune into ESPN just to see what they are. <laughs> you so, got some college I, games. Yeah, and the Olympics end right at the all-star break too. So what's good with that? No Olympics either. Bummer. We got nothing until Thursday. But game number <laughs> one on Thursday. Celtics at the Nets. Dion, who do you like? You know who I like. You know who I like, TC. I'm gonna go wait there. Celtics at the Nets. Yeah. Right. So some mandates might bitch. be in play. <laughs> uh I'll I'll still go with the Nets. I am I I, I think Ben Simmons is actually going to play, so hope, hopefully we'll see some. No shot. We'll see some. No shot he plays on Thursday. I don't even have to, like, make it dramatic anymore. The Celtics are not a horrible pick, and so I don't have to dramatically pick them against all odds. Um, so I'm just taking the Celtics. I don't think KD is going to be back. No. And so no, no KD, no Kyrie. And I doubt Ben Simmons will be back. So I, I like the Celtics as a result. BJ? Uh, I'm gonna roll with the Celtics too, just because it's at Brooklyn, and I think they beat them by like 35 two weeks ago when this just happened. So I think it might be the same, same movie, same result. I guy can hope, right? All right, game number yeah. two, Hawks at the Bulls. Um, I like the Bulls. Demar Derozan is playing like a bull. Bro, he's on fire right now. He's just running yeah. people over right now. He cannot miss. Yeah. So I mean, it's hard to pick against the Bulls. So I'm taking the Bulls, BJ. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Bulls too. Uh, Lev- I mean, Demar's on fire, and Levine is healthy. I think like there was a little yeah. bit of a knee scare, but I think he's actually good to go. So, rolling with the Bulls. Yeah, uh, I'm taking the Bulls too. Demar, you guys said it. Levine is back. He played at the All Star game, so I don't see why he wouldn't play this game. And the Hawks are without John Collins, so Ooh. definitely Bulls. Is is Alonzo back yet? No. No, uh, probably like another month. And Caruso, both of them are still out. All right, game number three, Mavericks at the Jazz. Fuck the Jazz! Let's go! Taking the Mavericks. I didn't ask you. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Jay, who do you like? Uh, I'm going to roll with the Mavericks because I am i don't know if Donovan Mitchell will play, and I'm questioning that. He, he missed the All-Star game with a respiratory illness, so – I'm going to go with the Mavs. Interesting. I'm going to take the Jazz because they're a far superior team to the Mavericks and a far superior organization. What? They're one game away from each other. What are you talking about? I Have you seen how luka has been playing? Betters. Calm down. It's a joke. Chill. Hey. Hey. Be, hey. Get your boy, team. dog. You, you get, get defensive boy. with your Celtics. I get defensive <laughs> with my Mavericks. Get your boy, dog. Okay, <laughs> game, game number four, <laughs> Sixers at the Timberwolves. Dion, who do you like? <laughs> this one is gonna. It's clueless to me. It's a on, hard game. It's a hard game. I don't know what Bovada has them at, but I'm taking the Sixers because I'm hoping that James Harden is gonna play. I think there might be some growing pains with James Harden on the floor, and I just really like the Timberwolves, so I'm picking the two Wolves here. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to roll with the Sixers just because of what I saw them do to my Bucks last week. So, yeah. I think Joel Embiid is on a mission right now, and Carlton Towns is the next stop. So, rolling with the Sixers. I mean, he definitely gets up for Cat. So, mm-hmm. all right, game number five, Nets at the aforementioned Bucks on Saturday. Well, that's uh, Saturday? 
That's Saturday. Yeah. Oh my god, Saturday gonna be popping. National Mark. Mm-hmm. There's the oh Grizzlies Bulls game too on Saturday. This is oh my goodness. Wow. Mm-hmm. We should use that game. Mm. Don't you dare question the five games of the week again. You're right. VJ, right. who do you like? Oh, give me the Bucks. Give me, give me the Bucks here. Um, I think they're gonna get rolling, and I feel bad for the Nets because I just think the Nets are gonna have some trouble the next couple of weeks without KD. Yeah, I'm, like I'm taking the Bucks. Giannis is probably gonna drop 50, so I'm taking the Bucks. Yeah, I like the Bucks by a million. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go out of bounds really quick. Cover our non-basketball related topic. And the reason I picked this topic is I saw that my childhood was canceled this past week. You guys ever watch Arthur? Yeah, didn't they come to the 25th or 25th anniversary or something like that? Yeah. They're all I mean, like it's not canceled. They're still playing the um, the reruns, but there's no new episodes of Arthur after like 25 years. Yeah, Arthur has like a goatee and a beard now. Like <laughs> they showed yeah. a picture of him. He's like, oh, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, that Arthur was my childhood. So we'll, let's talk about our favorite shows when we were kids. I, and this is another one of those questions, just like the serial one. I feel like your favorite shows when you were a child tells me everything I need to know about you as a person. So VJ, what, what's the let, limit? Let, let me let, we can name? What's the let, limit? Hold on, let me set the scene here. Yeah, was, yeah. What's the limit? That's the real question. I mean, I don't know, ten. But let me set the scene here. BJ, you're ten years old. Life is good again. Okay, it's Saturday morning. <laughs> you sleep until ten thirty because you can probably. You get your PJs on. You run mm-hmm. downstairs. You pour yourself a bowl of cereal, which I now know is cinnamon toast crunch, which I totally respect. Thanks, you sir. turn on the TV. What are you watching? Okay, so if we're talking cartoons and all that, um, I'm going with the uh, X-Men show. They used to come on. Yeah. Uh, super duper yeah. fire. Super good theme song. Yeah. That fire. Um, we're going Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm going, going yep. Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we got some Dragon Ball Z action in there okay. as well. Okay. Jackie Chan Adventures, if we're keeping it a buck, we're keeping it real. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Jackie, I, I, Jackie. <laughs> Dude, that show Jackie is the, the best. Yeah. I could keep going, but I'm going I'm to keep it there for now. Those were like my top, top when I was growing up. I love that. Dion? Oh, so I watched a lot of TV growing up. In Italy and everything and all, but I watched all the American shows because I had like the American channels. And I had Disney Channel, I had Nickelodeon, I had Cartoon Network, I had all of that. And so my list is really long, but I'm just gonna keep it short. We got Cat Dog, we got oh, yes. Danny Phantom, we got <laughs> Drake and Josh, we got SpongeBob, we That's got Net Declassified. You know, yeah, so we got That's So Raven, yeah. Wizards of Waverly Place, mm-hmm. Zach and Cody. You know, the list goes That's on. a lot of Disney Channel. Oh, it's all of it. All of it. I, Didn't I they drop new episodes? Rock, that, that, one of my favorite ones shows? was Rocket Power. Dude, hey Arnold. You guys hey give me my feels. Fire too. It's, it's, there's just so many that I can't even pick a favorite, you know? But if I had I to, mean, I think I had to go with SpongeBob. 
That's my dude. I mean, this was kind of the struggle bus at the call home. We didn't have cable, so I didn't have Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, or Disney Channel. Um, so it was a lot of PBS for me. You guys ever watched Cyber Chase? Oh, Cyber wait, Chase was fire. The Scooby Doo? No, Cyber Chase. Oh. I watched Scooby Doo too. I like Scooby, Scooby Doo. Cyber Chase is the best Scooby Doo movie of all time. No, there's a whole show called Cyber Chase. Oh, I Cyber know. Chase. Yeah, I was a huge Arthur guy. Huge Arthur guy. Loved Arthur. Then we would go to my grandma's house, and she had Cartoon Network. So I loved the animated uh, Batman and Superman shows. Ooh, Batman, yeah, Batman yep. Beyond. Yeah, Batman Beyond, yep, for sure. Um, I was homeschooled, so I was a huge nerd. So I loved Yu-Gi-Oh!, loved Pokemon. Uh, that was like, we're talking about Saturday morning. That's what I would get up for was Yu-Gi-Oh! Saturday mornings on WB. That's where it was at. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. Sam- Samurai Jack, if anybody Ooh. was familiar with that, was fire. Yeah, the show, uh, Shaolin Showdown was my jam. Yes, sir. Um, there was a show, th- Lucha Libre. All right, that show was fire. Mm-hmm. A little, um, Nacho Libre wrestling going on, but then I got a little older, and by old, I mean like I turned 11, I was like, oh. Fresh Prince of Bel Air is so dope. <laughs> yeah, that's facts. Fresh that's Prince facts. of Bel Air with fire. Oh, I don't know if you guys ever seen um, Code Name Kids Next Door. It was on uh, I don't know that. Cartoon Network. It was fire though. Oh, the cartoon. The cartoon. Oh Code my Name god, that Kids used to be Door. one of my. I've completely forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my Foster god, Home for Imaginary Friends. Yep, oh the Treehouse. Like number one, number four, number two, like all yes. those guys. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned the, the original X Men, VJ. You ever watch X Men Evolutions? The cartoon. Bro. Yes. Yeah, that was fire Bro. too. X Men had probably the best. Like I don't know, that was some of the best work I've ever seen. Absolutely, hundred percent. Those shows were built different. Mm-hmm. All right. If you guys are listening to this, Maybe know that we appreciate you. you. We do. Hit us up on social media. Tell us what you thought of the dunk contest. If there's somebody out there actually liked it, I need to hear from you. We yeah. need to have a heart to heart. What were you watching? <laughs> Let us know what your favorite shows were growing up. I'm sure we forgot about it. We appreciate you guys. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. We forgot to mention Ed, Ed, and Eddie, too. Dude, I was just about I was just to say Ed. We forgot Eddie. it. We forgot it. What was, the, what was the one? Oh, Courage? You ever watched Courage? Oh, I was oh the Carly Lighting. The Carly Dog. Billy and, Ma- yeah. Billy and Mandy. Father's Home for Imaginary uh, Friends. Yes. yes. What was the one with the cow and the chicken? I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. Oh, yeah, it's cow and chicken. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. 
Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. 